It's the 2023 Scene Holiday episode! Ho, 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 ho! Hello, everybody. Welcome to the special holiday episode of The Scene. That is right. This is the holiday episode. I'm so excited for you all to be here. I'm so proud and happy to still be doing this show. I'm joined by my good, good friend, KJ, producer and editor. KJ, happy holidays. How are you, buddy? Merry Christmas, Justin. So excited to be jumping into a holiday episode and got my cocoa ready. It's going to be great. Oh, that is amazing. I am so so excited to be here. We have a really, really fun episode for you today. We have a really nice long segment with two guests who I love very much, and we're going to be doing some really fun stuff. But before that, we are going to kick it to a very, very holiday-filled, holiday-themed theater in a minute. I don't know. Get get ready to jump in the snow, my friends, because it's the holiday season, and it's the holiday episode. I'm Justin Borak, and I'm so excited to be here. KJ, let's go to theater in a minute. Theater in a minute. Thank you, KJ. Now, before we get to our main dish, our The Scene Podcast holiday party, if you will, I wanted to give you a Theater in a Minute segment that was a little holiday-themed. We all know the infamous theater show, A Christmas Carol. I wanted to talk a little bit about the history and all the different productions of A Christmas Carol that happens, because we talk so much about it during this holiday season in the theater world, but do we know exactly where it came from? Probably, but just... Let me have, let me have this. So KJ, start the clock that I will foreseeably always go over. And let's get started with this theater in a minute on A Christmas Carol. First off, A Christmas Carol was actually called A Christmas Carol in Prose Being a Ghost Story of Christmas. That's weird. But it's a novella written by Charles Dickens, first published by Chapman and Hall in 1843. It was illustrated by John Leach. It recounts the story of Ebenezer Scrooge, an elderly miser who is visited by the ghost of his former business partner, partner Jacob Marley and the spirits of Christmas past, present, and yet to come. After these visits, Scrooge is transformed into a kinder, kinder, more like gentle man. Okay, so let's talk about like where this came from. Dickens wrote A Christmas Carol during a period when the British were exploring and reevaluating like past Christmas traditions. So carols were just being invented. Uh, new customs like cards and Christmas trees were being brought up. Really, really cool stuff like that. And he was influenced by the experiences of his own youth and by the Christmas stories of other authors, including like Washington Irving and Douglas Gerald. So Dickens wrote three different Christmas stories. He was inspired after a trip to Field Lane Ragged School, which is a school where like London street children would go to like school. Um, and he looked at like the treatment of the poor and the ability of a selfish man to redeem himself by transforming into a more sympathetic character based on the treatment of the poor that like the rich in London were doing at the time. So he writes a Christmas carol. He writes the story of this old, decrepit, rich miser who slowly throughout the story gets more sympathetic and we watch his real life sympathy turn over the ev evolution of his relationship with Tiny Tim, right? It's published in 1944. It is sold out before Christmas Eve. It is a huge, huge hit from the beginning, straight up from the beginning. So what happened with this show, right? When did it become a play? A Christmas Carol actually was adapted for the stage just two weeks, just two weeks after it was created. Uh, C.Z. Barnett took the play and it premiered at the Surrey Theater in early February uh, so it was. It started adapting in January. It went up literally early February of 1844. So if you were like, oh, this is a show that like started being a play when it hit the public domain in like the mid-1900s, nope, it went into theater format almost immediately. But then after this, after this happened, no one really hit it again until it started jumping into the public domain. 
Now, we all know that there are a ton of Christmas Carol productions. And if you run a theater company and you do a Christmas Carol production, boy, oh boy, you've probably have written your own. Because a lot of people do that, right? A lot of people go out and they write their own Christmas Carol because you can because it's public domain. So here are some theaters that do their own show, that have their own adaptation that they do every year that I think is really, really wonderful. Uh, the Guthrie has a really famous one in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, Milwaukee Rep does a really, really wonderful one. Um, Omaha Community Playhouse, I've heard, has an amazing one. Theater Memphis has an amazing one. The Goodman Theater, I've seen theirs in Chicago, is awesome. Some South Coast rep has a great one. All of these really, really cool um, um, uh, Academy Theater at the Alliance Theater. They do a Christmas Carol every year. All these theaters do like an annual Christmas Carol. That is so cool. The McCarter Theater in New Jersey, um, the Hartman Theater in Connecticut. All these theaters have created their own productions, but don't get too worried. There are infamous productions. Obviously, we have the super, 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 super famous Patrick Stewart Christmas Carol uh, was in West End, was on Broadway. He's one of like the people that are known the most of playing Scrooge. One of the most recent brilliant productions of Christmas Carol was in 2021, Jefferson Mays from A Gentleman's Guide to Love and Murder. He played it in a one-person show. He, he did the entire show, and I've heard it was beautiful. I didn't get to see it. It was on Broadway. I wish I got to, but I heard it was amazing. And then we have like really cool new companies like I talk about that sometimes on the show, but like Star Kid has a really, really cool comedic one called A VHS Christmas Carol. Uh, there was a Christmas Carol, a ghost story that looked more into the ghost that premiered in the West End a few years ago. There's a bunch of really, really, really cool adaptations and stuff. There's an adaptation called Humbug by uh, Chuck Puckett. Uh, the Royal Shakespeare Company did a new adaptation by David Edgar. So many people have done really, really, really cool productions of A Christmas Carol. And I think it's one of those stories that now that we've done it so many times, we can do new things with it that no one's ever expected before. So yeah, that's Christmas Carol. That's what it is. And that's the theater format. I went way over a minute, but it had a lot of history. And I wanted to shout out a ton of theaters that do their own annual Christmas Carol, which I think is very, very fun. So without further ado, let's go ahead and head on to the scene Christmas party. Woo! Thank you, KJ. And I want to welcome everybody to the Scene Podcast Christmas Party. Because that's where we're at. I'm here joined with two of my friends, two people who have been on the show before, Liz Gottridge and Erica Kuhn. Liz, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Erica, how are you doing? I'm great. I'm great. Thank you so much both for asking me. I wanted to ask her too. Thank you. That's very fair. All the all the listeners know you guys as people who have been on the show, whether it's been me putting you in a situation that you're not prepared for for a segment or me having you recommend cool, hot plays for young women. Obviously. And uh, what I thought would be fun would bring on our two most resident guests and also the people closest to me. Um, for the scene Christmas party. Yay! (laughs) Welcome to the scene Christmas party that we're having in our home, not at the scene headquarters in any way whatsoever. Perfect. It's intimate. It's intimate. It's perfect. There's fire crackling or some type of uh, holiday-themed noise that KJ has put in. Thank you, KJ. Mm. Um, And we're going to do two things on this. This is going to be a little bit of a longer segment. Uh, We all brought a... We all brought a, a white elephant exchange, if you will a holiday play that we're going to pitch to each other that or that not that we're going to pitch that we're going to talk about that is a real show and then we're going to take a little break and i have a fun prompt for all of us let's do it let's do what every holiday 
party is, which is structured theatrical entertainment. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, cool. So let's talk about this. I had us all bring a holiday show uh, that we maybe want the world to know a little bit more of. Uh, a holiday shows you should know, if you will. And I will start. Is that okay with the? Is that okay with the room? It's all right with I me. I submit my time. Okay, I submit right my time to you. <laughs> okay. okay, so the play I wanted to talk about was a play that I found on Dramatist uh, that I like. I liked very, very, very much. It's called One Christmas Eve at Evergreen Mall. So, you guys both were a part of Community Garden. I have a. I'm a big fan of writing vignette plays, and this play is like a wonderful holiday vignette play that gets me very, very excited. Okay, ready? All right. One Christmas Eve at Evergreen Mall follows eight intertwined stories in a Midwestern mall on the last day of shopping before the holiday. A diverse cast of characters, from a lovesick Santa to an over-eager mall cop, from a pair of brainy misfit teenagers to a pair of battling actors in a production of A Christmas Carol, from a college freshman to a newlywed couple, navigate first meeting, second chances, and last-minute choices. One Christmas Eve wraps the joys and sorrows of the season into one festive package. I think this is so fun. It's, like, an absolute blast. It's also written by a bunch of different writers. So, like, uh, there's eight different, like, plays or scenes in it. And it's uh, What Child Is... Or What Child Is This and Deck the Halls is written by Lynn Holiday. Goodwill to Men and Hark How the Bells is written by James Hindeman. Home for the Holidays and We Need a Little Christmas is by uh, Arlene Hutton. And then Christmas Eve is here, Making Spirits Bright, Bearing Gifts We Traverse Afar and Away in the Manger is written by Craig Pospel. Pospisal. And uh, I don't know. I just, I, I've read a couple of, of Craig's uh, one Smiths. I haven't been able to read the entire thing, but I've read a couple of them and they're very fun and contemporary and cool, but also being like open for a holiday festive show that I feel like, like so many people do Christmas Carol or so many people do this or that. Mm-hmm. This is like such a fun kind of leap away from that while still saying into the genre. Yeah. Yeah. And if there's one thing the three of us love, it's a mall. So Oh my gosh, more than anything. Seriously, I also love the idea of setting something like like Erica knows this. I love like taking a play and setting it in one place. You love a location. You love I, it so much you'll just title it that. I'll just title it's your it that. it's your go to move. Community Garden. <laughs> exactly. Cabin Chronicle. Yes. I, just, I love it's locations. I love one location and I love never leaving. It's consistent. Whatever. So Whatever. the idea of like texting three of your playwriting buddies and being like, Hey guys, I wanna write a holiday play at the mall. Write a couple scenes. And you mean that's the perfect it. Saturday? That's awesome. Come to on, me. yeah. That's, that's like a blast. I love it. So yeah, one Christmas Eve at Evergreen Mall. It's really right up my alley. I'm pretty sure it's uh, it starts three men, three women, but I'm pretty sure you can. O- it's a little bit open to casting, mm-hmm. it's like a vignette kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's super super fun. Uh, one Christmas Eve at Evergreen Mall. Mm. I was just so excited to find a cool vignette play that I've never heard of before. Oh yeah. 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 It was a fun one. All right, who's next? Rock, paper, scissors. Um, sure. You ready? Okay, ready. Okay. Oh. Wait, we did the same thing. They both did scissors. Here we go, ready? One, two, three. You go first. first. Okay. Okay, Okay. Liz has won. (laughs) Okay. She wrapping papered my Christmas rock. That was, that was brutal. Um, okay, so just like Justin said, it's really, really hard to find a play happening around the holiday time that isn't a Christmas carol. And as much as we love Christmas carol, uh, we've seen it a million bajillion times. And uh, my brain cannot handle one more. So I went scouring through like a million of my favorite theaters, Instagrams and websites to see what they were doing. And a lot of them were Christmas Carol. And I happened upon La Jolla's Instagram and I saw that they were doing Christmas Carol. And I was like, oh, man, another Christmas Carol. 
but I was bamboozled. It's not a Christmas. You were bamboozled. (laughs) I was bamboozled. It's not a Christmas carol. Next year, so very, very far away, La Jolla is doing Your Local Theater Presents a Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens again by Anna (laughs) Oyamonch. That's yeah, a great. That's a great title of a play. Oh, and reading it was intrigued. just as amazing. Wait, it was. Re- how'd you get it? Okay, so it was a little underground. It was on NPX, oh, nice. which I feel like was a little bit illegal because um, they're producing it. Well, but they're producing the, it the so far. Away. Leaves it up. Yeah, she left it up, so no one can yell at me. But yeah, I awesome. kind of felt like I found a gem. So yeah. I was really, really yeah, excited you, about it. Yeah, you definitely. So it's on it. NPX, and it's basically about this young man who is from New York and is traveling to an undisclosed, I think, town doing Christmas Carol for the Christmas season. And he's, you guys were, you guys were both in Christmas Carol. Who's the young, who's his nephew? Fred. He's Fred. Okay, so he's Fred and he's like, oh man, I'm going to get out of this little town doing this little job and I'm going to zoom and do all these great things. And I went to Juilliard and everybody suck it. Um, Which a lot of actors have felt. So it's all about being an actor and slowly every act or scene he goes up the ranks, and one year he's Fred, and then he's oh, Mr. Oh, Cratchit. Like yeah, yeah. Oh, it's like shifting up the Christmas nice. show. He's, he's yeah. aging into his new He's types. aging into the Scrooge. And That's it's so funny. so amazing, because, like, especially as an actor, it is such a, like, I compare it to, like, a chorus line where, like, I can't imagine other people enjoying this because this is so my life, and, mm, like, yeah. I, my heart hurts well, reading it, it also, but it's so funny and It good. makes you think of, like, every really good professional production of Christmas mm-hmm. Carol when you go into an audition the first thing you hear is oh yeah their their Fred has been their Fred for 19 years yeah. <laughs> and you're like cool so I have no shot no it's so <laughs> I personally have never bah, been in bah, <laughs> bah, bah, this again. that's so funny I have never I've dodged the Christmas Carol bullet so far that's very impressive. but I as knowing people that have been in it like everything that we I've have heard not. they have not so sorry they I've have not it. and from what I've heard from you guys like this is the perfect play for an actor who it's just like that's really kind of tired of overproducing Christmas stuff and like yeah, yeah. that is that is just like because I just I just did a Christmas Carol audition and like I walked in and the first thing I heard was these were the roles that were available because so <laughs> many people have mm-hmm. been a part of it and yeah. you just hope to like get an ensemble track and then yeah. someone else makes it to like Broadway so exactly. then their role and I will say like out. I've been a named character before though and I've also been in the ensemble being a party guest is the best role oh it was like awesome. it doesn't I don't care to move up yeah me and our friend Shelby were the <laughs> two ensemble members in our production of this girl and it was an absolute blast yeah it the seems like rocks. a fun yeah. time it's amazing but yeah it's all set That's in the so backstage fun. of the show and it's hilarious and amazing and there's like Annoying children walking around being like, My mom's a stage mom. And what she a gem to find, dude. No, it was That's such sweet. a good find. So it's yeah. on NPX. If people can't find it, reach out to me because I think everyone should read this. And if there's a way that I can get to California next year, I will freaking be there. Yeah, that's really cool. See and it. hopefully it blows so up too because you yeah. could do that. What was that? What was the theater that you liked that did? Um, <clears throat> it did a Chekhov play and rep with a modern adaptation. Oh, oh um, um, studio theater. Yeah, yeah, you could do an awesome like rep situation. Oh, you of totally. The could. classics upstairs with a high budget and then yeah. ultra low budget. This oh, in like the black God. box. Yeah, because this yeah. is like in a crappy green room. They'd be yeah. perfect. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, that is just like no sisters. Oh man, yeah. the oh, the opportunity is there. Oh That's yeah, so absolutely. It was such a good read. I loved it. Hilarious, amazing. Yeah, sweet. Nice. All right, Erica, close us out. For All right, I'm gonna long. close this out strong. So Ooh. obviously, I picked a Paula vocal play. <laughs> <laughs> Um, this is one actually that I think I kind of I, I'm aware of all her plays I haven't actually read all of them which is uh, shameful but on our podcast Play to Z for a holiday episode you brought up her play The Long Christmas Ride Home so good and I was like oh you know I've never sat down and read that so this is very much a holiday play that's more 
geared towards adults, but I do think that those are difficult to find. Okay, I'm pretty sure so, this was my first Paula Vogel play I ever read because it was, the, it was the only one available in the library when you brought her up for Gosh, the first this time. Gosh, this is from our, no, our library at grad school. Well, you brought her up and you were like, Paula Vogel's awesome. And I think it was in the time when like I had read five or six plays that you showed me. And I was like, yeah, Paula Vogel is really awesome. Oh and my God. Straight to the library. <laughs> straight the to the library. <laughs> available with this one. And I read it like in one night and I gave it back and I was like, I love that she does puppets and stuff. That's and bananas. Like, what? And yeah. So like, <laughs> well, Paula Vogel will. She will go off and just do something interesting, which yeah. is why she is so important and prolific. But oh, yeah. This is her play, Long Christmas Ride Home, and it's a puppet play with actors. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, something else other people want to know about me is I'm a total geek for puppets. I love that. I think it's amazing. Um, came out in about 2004, early 2000s. It's available through Dramatist. So you can yeah. check it out there. Um, but essentially, she calls it in her kind of intro a fusion of a one-act play and bunraku puppet theater techniques. Um, but then she also adds a caveat of, or more importantly, of one Westerner's misunderstanding of bunraku. The misunderstanding is the key, right? Because <laughs> she's, you know, she's not someone who's an yeah. expert per se in like ancient Japanese puppet theater. Not ancient, mm. but old. And she also has some inspo from like Thornton Wilder's one-act plays. Yeah. Again, it's not your classic holiday show. Um, she even says to like try and produce it in the before or after the holiday season when like those emotions are more rots. So, like yeah. shoot for October, January, which I thought was very cool. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. yeah. And um, essentially, the essential premise is that it's this family's drive to Christmas dinner at grandma's, but it's just all about the turmoil that happens on the way and when they get there, and then yeah. you shoot forward into the future, which is that like, classic holiday like this is the past, this is the future, right? Yeah. It's got two narr narrators, a musician, plus a dancing minister, plus the three children in the family, and they're puppeteered by the actors who will go on to play them as adults. Yes. And she says, she's like, you can add, because with Bunraku, you'd have more than one puppeteer, you'd have multiple, right? Yeah. Um, She's like, you can add more, but add a week of rehearsal time. <laughs> or, or she's like, you can add more, but if you don't, and it's just random actors puppeteering, like they'll need the rehearsal time. Yeah. Right? Because that's actually very, very difficult. But it's a really simple set. It's actually weirdly producible if you have, you know, puppets around or you, you can pull that off. Um, but it's like one of the most beautiful things ever. It does it combine that like traditional Japanese influence, but there's incredible ensemble work and monologues and breath work and scene work. And obviously, if you listen to Play to Z or if, if you're my friend, you know, or if you're my mother listening, I'm like a huge <laughs> sucker for what the playwright actually puts at the beginning or end of mm -hmm. the play. And so this edition that I have delivers, I have the TCG edition, not the acting edition. And in this version, um, it includes letters from Paula Vogel's brother, Carl, at the end, who passed away. Oh. And that's like a, a huge, huge portion of her inspiration, as you can tell from her, like, you know, her body of work and stuff, her everlasting love for him. And, um... That grief is very, very much cooked into the play, and the character of Stephen is very, very much, I think, inspired by her brother. And so, I don't know, to me, when I think about the holidays, I think, like, my reason for this season is, like, your family, but families yeah. are complicated, right? And so, in one of his letters to her at the end, he writes, I worry so much about your living with the family. For God's sake, do not deny anything in yourself for them. Because they were so far away for so long, but, yeah. you know, she was closer to the family. Yeah. And she kicks off the collection with this kind of like letter to him essentially and it's of course stunning and also made me cry a lot I think Liz was here when I started crying about it and I was like hey um I just read this letter but she said this at the end of her introduction and this is what I'll end with yeah. she says even if he can no longer write letters to me I can write letters to him and so I do in every play no matter how critics or audiences respond to my plays I do hope my brother is receiving the letters I send that's so sweet right oh I get chills when I read that <laughs> oh right so it's gritty it's, it's humorous it's got poetry it's got puppets it's got music. It's got amazing ensemble work. It's Long Christmas yeah. Ride Home by Paula Vogel. Amazing. Paula Vogel. What? Th th three different choices yeah. for these holidays. It really is. <laughs> Look, 
Yeah. Oh my gosh. We really hopped. We really hopped the fence here. Bing, bing, and I like it a lot. I just made up that phrase. Hop the fence. Hop the fence. We do. And while and while we all think about my creation of a phrase, let's all <laughs> pour ourselves a, 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 a mug of hot chocolate mm. while we pass it on to KJ <laughs> for an ad read. So KJ, take it away, and then we'll come back and finish up this Christmas party. Hello. Normally you would hear a quick ad read about Broadway Book Club. Instead, we wanted to take a second and thank all the educators and community programs that make theater possible. We started the scene with the goal to provide teachers and educators a platform to listen, love, and learn about theater. We hope that you continue to join us on this journey as we grow well into 2024 and beyond. Happy holidays from all of us at the scene. And we're back. Thank you, KJ. Oh, our mugs are full of Ooh, warm, yeah. hot chocolate. Yummy, yummy, hot cocoa. There's an eggnog mm. fountain in the corner. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. The budget for this is amazing. Oh, the, my. The, I set this party up like crazy. Wow. Knowing you was an audio the hair smells like cinnamon. Oh. Yeah, I did that. I made all of our you hair smell that. like cinnamon. That's amazing. Wow. Magical. Okay, so this this uh, before we head out, I know that all three of us are very large in reading contemporary theater. And we all, some of us are theater makers, some of us love new works, all of that stuff. I wanted to pose a prompt that I gave us all like a day ago uh, to think about. Mm -hmm. What is a current piece of holiday media, a film, a TV show, a book, something of that, that you think would be great on the stage? I love, I love these kind of scenarios. I love these. I love these so much. <laughs> so much. I'll start so I give you guys a little bit more okay. time to, okay. to do your thing. Yeah, yeah right. we do the same order. We don't have to rock Perfect. paper scissors again. Yeah, we'll Amazing. do the same order. We want battle. But mine, mine is quick. I just, my favorite holiday film is uh, Polar Express. Mm -hmm. I love it so much. I love the Tom Hanks one. I love that it's like weirdly like in between claymation and animation and stuff. <laughs> and, wait, really? A little bit. I love that. Movie. I love that movie so much. I love it though. So for me, I was like, I want to see this on the stage, but how would I see it on the stage? And there's a theater company that I've actually talked about on this podcast before that I love very much that does really wonderful. Right when you're talking about uh, the Paula Vogel play, I was like, oh, I, I don't know if you know about these guys, but you would love them. They're called Pigpen Theater Company. Have you heard of them before? I don't know. So it kind of seems like something you've brought up, but I'm not I, super I think familiar. I have. So they, they're, they've done a lot of stuff. Um, but they work in like how to create a story on stage that shouldn't be a story on the stage. Like mm -hmm. their biggest thing is happening right now and it's coming to Broadway. They, they wrote the music and lyrics for Water for Elephants. <gasps> oh. Yeah, that's coming to Broadway. They also wrote the Tale of Despero musical. Oh, I love it. That was like the, the famous like play about, or the famous movie, the an, uh, animation movie about like the, the mouse. It's the mouse of the oh, big yeah, ears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The mouse of the big ears. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. They made that a musical and like, like for example, when they did that, when they got into places where they were like, how do we take our little puppet and make it work? They would go behind a screen and use shadow puppetry. And then when that didn't work, they just made a, a person, the the mouse. And they made the story so easy to understand that for a Chicago audience at Writer's Theater, where they did it, I'm pretty sure, like they could shift between these three different types of character mm -hmm. and like do really well with it which was really cool they were shifting between like using all puppets using half puppets half people mm -hmm. using half shadow puppets and people yeah. using half puppets half shadow oh, puppets. I'm, I'm into this i'm obsessed it was so so yeah. cool so in my head i'm like polar express is something that has so many weird things it is so human in the sense yeah. where it's a bunch of kids on a train mm -hmm. but then it's also so not human where they go to they, I mean, they go to Santa's workshop. They go to the North mm -hmm. Pole. They have a huge, like, train skidding across a frozen lake. 
They've insane stuff. And in my head, the one company that I would trust to take this on yeah. is Pigpen Theater Company. Yeah. Nice. I think they would do it so well. They also exclusively write folk music, mm-hmm. which I think would be a really, really cool exploration of this film is like using folk fun like music like that to do yeah. it okay but you gotta leave the hot chocolate number and obviously that is a banger oh yeah of course you have to leave the you hot chocolate or like to. make it into a really cool oh weird. my god that'd be amazing but if you want um <laughs> a couple cool things that they've done uh old man and the uh the old man and the old moon the nightmare story and the mountain song are three musicals that like you can like actually license and do like they wrote them out to do them which is mm-hmm. super cool uh tale of despero and Water for Elephants. Tale of Desperate is their most recent one. I don't know where you can get the rights to that, but Water for Elephants is coming to Broadway in April. Ooh. And it's supposed to be Ooh. super cool. It's yeah. like crazy. Like they, they wrote the music and lyrics, but I'm pretty sure they were a part of the like conceiving of it down at the Alliance Theater. It's like mm-hmm. circusy, right? It's super circusy yeah. and like puppety. It's really, really cool. Nice. So I'm excited that they're getting some mainstream success with Water for Elephants. Awesome. But also I think they would kill a Polar Express musical. Like, That'd be sweet. So, so good. Okay. Oh, I want to see that number in real life. I know, right? Me too. Okay, go. Mm -hmm. Let's go. Amazing. So, mine personally, when Justin gave us this prompt, uh, I had to think zero thoughts because I lie awake at night thinking about this one. Um, So, my pitch for a movie turned musical (laughs) is um, a lot of people don't know that the movie, I don't know what year it came out, Gremlins uh, is a Christmas movie. A lot of people are shocked about that, but when you She's watch doing it, doing like a diehard. This okay. is yeah. This is just a cooler diehard. It's a cooler <laughs> die. It's a campy diehard. Are you? Ki- we're talking about puppets. Like, are you kidding? The puppets you would put in that? Don't feed set. them milk and cookies. Do I love not feed them milk and cookies. Yeah. I don't know what Eric is gonna pick, but I have a feeling none of us are picking something that has mainstream appeal. Mine might. Yours Mine, might. In a weird twist, it might. But so far, I want to hear more about this because yeah. this was not something so far, I would have ever thought of. But you're exactly right. Puppets in a Gremlins adaptation. Obviously. We have okay. something for everyone on this okay, go on, So go let on. me tell you the Gremlins musical. Because Gremlins, the Gremlins movie is... a huge set. horror person. I'm a huge horror movie person. I'm a, a huge of, 80s so camp kind of girl. Yeah. yeah. Um, and this movie is set... Like, he gets the Gremlin for Christmas, I think. His dad, like, brings him as a Christmas gift. Yeah. It's very Christmassy if you rewatch it. Um, and I would say She's it, trying to argue that it is a Christmas it movie. It is a Christmas movie. <laughs> like, anybody at, like, a Christmas party being like, Die Hard is a Christmas This counts. I am that person, <laughs> except cooler, because Gremlins. Gremlins. Um, so it's going to be an 80s jukebox musical written and orchestrated by the Star Kid guys. <laughs> Tell That's me. So they would be the ones to do That's it. That's not sure. amazing. That'd be so niche. And That's it would perfect. have like, so you guys asked me what like the genre of music would be. And I think it's going to be kind of all over the place and have like any sort of ominous titled like 80s song. So I had Video Kill the Radio Star, obviously, Talking mm-hmm. in Your Sleep. Uh, I think we're alone now, and my favorite under pressure. But I think that should be the Gremlins song. Like I want <gasps> them to sing. Oh, wait, can I ask a question? Wait, that's a, is it Chipmunks vibe where that's they have like yeah, absolutely. yeah, absolutely. It is. Oh, absolutely. I and love then there's that. the Lady Gremlin. You know what I'm talking about? Like yeah, the sexy yeah. Lady Gremlin. Yeah, sexy I love lady. her. I'm so into. that. I want this to happen. Like, please, someone call me up. I, I don't. I, you can have all my ideas. I just want to see it. I want to say. Okay, yeah. Uh, I have a feeling that within a Star Kid, if you don't know Star Kid, uh, Star Kid is a theater company that started at University mm-hmm. of Michigan. They did the Very Potter musical, which yeah. is like they're really big for. And right now they're really well known for making these like horror musicals oh, out yeah. in LA that are killing these like hatchet. It's called like the Hatchetfield trilogy. It's right very now. Black Friday coded. There's a little yeah, bit of, it is. There's like a small doll in that. It's 
Yes. Oh, 100. Mm -hmm. Well, I was gonna say in one of their musicals, they have a doll that kind of looks like a yeah. gremlin. They probably at some point in a meeting was like, "We should make a Gremlins musical." Star Kid guys, please call me up. I just you wanna, I just want to yeah, be in right the room. <laughs> I swear to God, if please. I see this and they don't give you credit, I know I'm the gonna worst. be big mad. I'm gonna be sad, but then mad. I just want to just give me tickets. That's all. Just I ask. Honestly, <laughs> free free trade, <laughs> free trade. Oh, <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah, all right, so Erica. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna twist it up. Um. I didn't have to actually think that hard. Um, I feel like none of us had to think I know, that it's, hard. it's like, we Even all have those holiday this. things that we think about. This Mine is, prompt, is... This is a prompt that in our home, we bring up prompts like this all the all time. All the time. This is just like... If you could make a TV show into a play, what would you do and why would it have puppets in it? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's easy. It's, it's day to day here. Okay, my pick is 2006's The Holiday. Oh my God. Okay, if you don't remember what I'm talking about, we're talking about the Nancy Myers film, okay? Who's Nancy Myers? Where have you been? Um, think <laughs> like that. those perfect, you know, late 80s, 90s, early 2000s, Father the Bride. Oh, it's a Cameron oh, Diaz movie. Yes. Jack Black. She wrote, she, she, she was the one who did The Parent Trap. I think that was her directorial debut. The, the <gasps> Lindsay Lohan Parent Trap, okay? Oh. That's Nancy Myers' core, okay? And then in 2006, <laughs> she gave us The Holiday, okay? Cameron Diaz, right? We've got Kate Winslet, Jack Black, and yeah, oh I think God. we should bring Jack Black back. Absolutely. If no one else. Is I think in the musical. I think oh, if we can get one. Play? It's a musical. Okay, oh, did I, I not mention? All, I love that. Wait, you're writing. A, you it's want, a musical. Whoa. This is crazy. No, here's I'm the so thing. It's a beloved rom-com. Everybody remembers watching this rom-com with their mom for the first time. Yeah. Um, It's a perfect rewatch. Like, it's it's terrific. And I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I think we need to utilize a revolve. Because mm -hmm. you've got the two countries, right? You, you're yeah. like in L.A. and you're in England and you swap. Picture like the last five years core, but it's because you're in couple pairings uh -huh. going on opposite sides of the globe. So your revolve is like rotating you between locations. Is that like a time yeah. like swap? And like because the whole premise of it is like very like US and then England, I think that you should have a book and the music like written by two different people. So my proposed combo would be Book by Lucy Preble, right? Divide and Love conquer with the team. Yeah. Music by Michael Bublé, and it's all Christmas songs. <laughs> oh my god! It's, and here's the Dude, thing: I didn't expect you to oh go there at all. But I'm right, right? Because yeah. I don't actually know if Michael Bublé writes his own songs or if he just does those delicious romantic jazzy covers. I think he orchestrates a lot. That's what yeah. I want him to do. Yeah. I want him to come in. And <laughs> I want him to work with Lucy Preble, and I want them to honestly fall in love. I don't know if they're married, um, but I want them to fall in love. And and it would be the holiday, the musical. Nancy Myers. Wait, can wow. I ask you a question? Nancy Myers should direct it. I don't care. All okay. AD for her. I love it. Yeah. All AD I'll help her. her. I love that we all gave ourselves jobs. I'll help her take it from shows. film to stage. <laughs> you know what I mean? Wait, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Is the music in this going to be like Michael Bublé's classic orchestrated holiday hits? Or is it going to be like a jukebox musical? Or are they making an original score that's holiday themed? I'm I'm open to opening that up to discussion to the room. <laughs> I think that there should be some classic standards. I think so yeah. too. But I also think that if you have like two sets of amazing singers, and we know that Jack Black yeah. is, yeah. I think that you we shouldn't rule out some like beautiful quartets and harmonies and duets and stuff. So I think it should yeah. be a hybrid. I think we could do like an almost. Do you know Almost Famous was on Broadway for a little bit? Yeah, they did something where like they did. It was an original score, but like they used three or like Back to the or, Future or American Psycho or American Psycho. They mm -hmm. like used like uh, an original score for like eighty percent of it, but then had like four or five songs that were like hits in the movies. Here's what my dream would be. Yeah, give me. They it. start singing a beautiful romantic song or a I hate my life song, uh -huh. and you think this is a new song I've never heard before, and then there's like a key change into the chorus, and it's a mashup of a Christmas song, right? So like 
you're thinking like, oh yeah, this is a person you know going through. This is their inner emotional life. This beautiful I, ballad, and they go walking around the Christmas and tree. And then and then oh yeah, God. and then it's kind of like a. And then you're like, wait a minute, this is. And then the jingle bells. And you're like, wait. And then everybody's singing, and it is that Christmas song. That's and you're so encouraged funny. to sing along if you're in the audience. Erica oh, that's needs so to write fun. more musicals. Everybody Erica hire her. Write more I know musicals. nothing about them, but I'm here to give the people what they want. Yes. Oh my you know gosh. what's up? Everybody's on the nice list. Mm. Guys, speaking of nice list, you're both on the nice list for joining me for the scene podcast Christmas party. <laughs> hey, thank you. Thank you guys so much for joining me. Uh, you can let me do some quick soft plugs for y'all before we head out to the outro of the show. Um, you can follow Erica on Instagram at actual Erica Kuhn. You can follow Liz on Instagram at Liz Gutridge. At Liz Gutridge or um, on TikTok at Liz Zizzle. That's <laughs> nice, perfect. perfect. Really good, really good theater content on there. Check us out, me and Erica on Play to Z, our podcast. Uh, and also, oh, check out Erica's new play exchange and read Go, go Read Kill the Bird. Oh, yes, Read Kill the Bird. Go Read Kill the Bird. If you check love the holidays I plug it musical, every... it's exactly the same. I want no, you to, I want you to know, Erica, I plug Kill the Bird so much that there's been episodes that you have not been on this show that in my plugs at the end, I just say, oh, go check out Erica Coon's play exchange <laughs> and read Kill the Bird. Well, I appreciate that. Sometimes strangers leave really nice reviews and I think, you don't yeah. even know me. I feel so special. You don't even know. I feel so valid. Go read, seriously, guys, Kill the Bird is an amazing play. Go read it. Thank you. Uh, it's a great holiday a gift happy uh whatever you celebrate happy hanukkah happy kwanzaa happy i mean this is coming out i think like a day before christmas so happy merry christmas merry christmas to you um have a wonderful new year don't worry we are not taking a monday off but i'll talk about that probably more in the outro for now thank you guys so much for being on the show thank, thank you for having you. us thank you guys so much for listening to the episode a massive thanks to liz gutridge and erica coon are two guests who I have on the show often and everyone really, really enjoys. I love having them on the show and I loved having our uh, The Scene podcast Christmas party together. It was very, very, very fun. I hope you guys enjoyed yourselves. I hope you learned something. I hope you had some fun. Have an amazing, safe holiday. My name is Justin Borak. Thank you so much for listening to The Scene podcast. I want to thank my team over at The Scene. I want to thank KJ. KJ, happy holidays. I love you so much, buddy. And guys, yeah. Have a great holiday, read some freaking plays, and guess what? We're going to be back next Monday. That's right. No breaks over here. Absolutely no breaks. I'm going to end this episode the way I end every episode, which is uh, me doing an impression of a nervous 19-year-old at their first Christmas Carol audition. And that's why the Grinch stole Christmas. And scene. <laughs> See you guys next week. The Scene Podcast is made possible by our host, Justin Borak, our producer and editor, KJ Lampar, and our executive producer, Zach Dooley. Special thanks to Erica Kuhn, Liz Gutridge, Melissa Klein, and Zoe Dick for their special contributions to this episode. Don't forget to follow the show wherever you get your podcast to stay up to date with our latest theater antics. Thanks again for listening. And we'll see you in 2024.